Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Now, did you know that on our Rising Above app, we have free downloads. Every month we put out a free download just for special needs parents. And this month we have another amazing download that you'll have to go to the app to check out. But there are so many resources for you on our app from our prayer wall to our Wednesday wake up encouraging videos. There's so much information right there for you. So if you haven't done so, be sure to download that because it will be a blessing to you. I I hear all the time of parents who are maybe in the hospital or up in the middle of the night with their child and they go to the app just to find some hope and encouragement through whatever it is that they're going through. So be sure to do that. You can find it in Google Play or in the App Store, just Rising Above Ministries app. And trust me, you will be so glad you did because it will just give you just what you need in those moments when things are really hard or whether you're just needing some encouragement or hope on this journey as a special needs parent. Now, this week, I have as my guest one of my best friends, Donna Whaley. And Donna is married to Kevin. She and her husband live in Kennesaw, Georgia, and they have a 15-year-old son, Parker, who has autism and pans. And her story is just amazing. I have always been so inspired by her and all she has done over the years to try to help her son and just knowing about her journey. I know that you are going to be so blessed by her story and what she has to share. So here is my friend, Donna Whaley. Hey, Donna, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. I am excited to have this conversation and I cannot wait for our listeners to get to hear part of your story. And so it's a big story. So there's lots, there's lots in your life. And so we're going to talk about a little bit of what goes on in your world, but thank you so much for, for being here today with us. Great. Thank you so much, Becky. Looking forward to it. So Donna, I've known you, I was sitting here thinking before we started recording, like how we actually met and how long I've known you and you may no better than I do. I'm sure it was through by the brook at some point along the journey, but I've known you for, it seems like forever, but what, do you remember when we actually did first meet? Yes. I think it was in 2012, possibly when you had, um, bride the brook in Monroe, Georgia. Uh, oh, wow. That was, yeah, I mean, that was yeah. a long time ago. So it's been what? Is that 11 years? Yeah, that to- is, yeah. Don't let me do the math right here because math is not my strong suit. So all of you math people out there can let us know know exactly what it is, but I didn't realize it was that long ago. That was our first adventure trying to do an event at a different location. So um, that is that. So we've been friends for a long time now. And then you would come up to Cookville for the Cookville retreat. So we've just um, have been good friends for a long time. And so I'm glad for people to get to meet you today. So real quick, just share with everybody a little bit about your family and what your life looks like uh, and with your, who all is in your crew, in your family. Sure. I'm married to Kevin. We've been married for 21 years. We have Parker, who is 15, almost 16. Wow. He was born in Indianapolis in 2005. 
And shortly thereafter, we moved back to Georgia to be closer to family and to grandparents, which really proved to be a blessing considering um, the challenges that were about to come mm-hmm. uh, that we did not know about. Um, he had a normal first two years after birth. He met all his milestones. We were trucking along. He was rarely sick. Um, just a couple of ear infections. And then suddenly overnight, we had a different child and we didn't understand the implications or how it happened. He was eventually diagnosed with regressive autism. And then six years later with another huge regression, he was diagnosed with PANDAS, PANDAS. which is an autoimmune disorder. Yes, it's a newer, uh, not really new, but kind of new as far in the treatment realm Mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about that as we go, because I know that that, I mean, it's as hard as I know autism, that autism diagnosis has been for, for you all. I've walked, you know, with you all, meaning we've been friends through a lot of some really hard things you guys have had to face related to um, pandas. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. So other parents who are walking that same journey can hear from somebody else who's living that life as well. So Parker was diagnosed, you said around two, is that when you first got the diagnosis of autism? And so how did you as a young mom deal with that? What was that like for you when you're, when you got that diagnosis and you're reeling with that news? Well, it basically takes the air out of you. Um, mm-hmm. You're shocked. Um, you don't know. You, you think you're the only person that has that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And at that particular time, even though it was 2005, and I don't know what the autism numbers were at that particular time, um, I really had only seen like two other children that had autism and they were both older. And my definition of autism is what the world sees as autism. A lot of people who don't live the life that you think it's a child who's stuck in their world um, alone sitting in a corner, rocking, Mm -hmm. that's just a mental picture of what autism is. And I had no idea there was a spectrum. I had no idea that all the medical um, comorbidities that come with it. And I had no idea that there were things you could do to alleviate symptoms. It sounded like such a constant permanent situation Mm -hmm. um, and nothing to do. So like probably most moms, I um, scourged the internet, got on there, it became my best friend. And uh, basically that's what's taken me on my journey is having other moms kind of lead the way, pave the way. And I hope I'm able to pave the way for Mm -hmm. those that come behind me. Yeah, I I know you do. I know you do because I hear you talk about helping other moms. And I think that's, for me, that's one of the greatest joys of the journey is being able to come alongside a mom who is experiencing a new diagnosis and just letting them know they're not alone, that they're seen, they're loved, and that they can do it, that it, even though it seems so challenging and overwhelming, it just helps to know somebody else who's gone ahead of you and can help with that. Makes it easier. Yes. So I know, you know, Parker is now, I can't believe he's almost 16. That just doesn't seem possible, Uh, but I can't believe John Alex is almost 24 either. So Donna, we're getting older, friend. <laughs> we're getting older. <laughs> but, you know, I know that his diagnosis um, greatly impacts your family in your life. Uh, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about that, about kind of what your day-to-day is like, what his day-to-day is like. And I think people who are outside of this world, um, outside of the special needs world, and especially outside of 
the world of your particular, your son's particular diagnosis have zero clue of how it impacts you every single day. So I would love to just get a picture of what life is like for him and then how that impacts your family. Okay. I'm going to start with how it impacts us and then I'll break it into how it impacts him. Mm -hmm. Um, Struggling to get help is the biggest issue we have. When he had the autism diagnosis, his biggest biggest challenge was with the language delay. Um, He was actually a little atypical for autism. And like I said, we'd only known two kids before that had had an autism diagnosis. And then I started digging in and learning what was going on. And the more we immersed ourselves into the autism community, that's when we knew something was very wrong. We thought there's something going on here. He is sick. He's not well. Um, And because we had doctors that couldn't agree on the diagnosis, that set us on an adventure that has not ended. It's still going on to this Mm -hmm. day. Um, It was a quest what to find out what was causing his disability. And that's how we ended up with pandas. In October of 2013, he was not quite, he just turned eight. Um, He had a sudden overnight regression, lost the ability to read, do math, handwriting skills, was terrified of everything, hallucinating, couldn't leave the house for a year, um, no longer attend school. So he essentially ended up at Duke Children's Hospital at their autoimmune clinic, ruling out autoimmune encephalitis. Um, He was there for several days because the neurologist wanted to do an EEG for six days to rule out a severe and profound language disorder that he thought might be caused by seizures. So when we left Duke with no answers um, later that year after searching for doctors that could help, he was eventually diagnosed with PANS. And the biggest difference PAN does is when it's strep, PANS is when it's other infections. Okay, because I said PANDAS in my, what I was saying, but it's PANS, is that correct? Well, most people recognize it as PANDAS. If you say PANS, most people won't identify with that. Okay. Strep was the first um, infection that was identified. So I think we loosely more often say PANDAS than we do PANS. Gotcha. And, um, but anyway, which that somewhat an- answered some of our questions. Now, as far as the impact on Parker's life, um, this disorder has really robbed him of his childhood and quality of life. Um, a lot of doctors do not fully understand the etiologies of PANS, and which has forced us to travel. So Parker, mm-hmm. poor kid, has been over to see over 40 different specialists in his little lifetime um, across seven different states. Um, he's been poked and prodded, numerous blood draws, you know, just in an effort to heal, he, uh, to achieve healing. Yeah. So he's been through it all. Um, it, it's a roller coaster. You can become well and you can become sick again. He did get back to about 70% baseline with the help of some really good doctors. Um, he was able to read and write again, attend school. Um, but he was left with severe articulation issues. So he still struggled, even the, the speech issues that we had previously continue to be a speech issue, which is very difficult for him because he wants to talk and he's unable to articulate what he's trying to say. But um, then he suffered, suffered a third regression in 2018, which caused um, debilitating OCD. And with that, he couldn't walk through doorways, over cracks, couldn't leave a room, um, just debilitating rituals that he would have to complete to make anything happen. Even he would make us participate in them. And then this past March, he got sick with the virus, which elicited a whole new set of intrusive thoughts and new things. So the, it's basically just ongoing. It, they call it flares where it wax and wanes. And so um, he suffers a lot, but he's the happiest, sweetest, mm. easygoing, tortured kid yeah. <laughs> that we've ever seen to, to suffer. I mean, he's 
a good, happy, easy kid to go through so much. You know, I have, I, I remember you going to Duke. I remember, you know, I've heard you talking about flying to see all these different specialists and, you know, you had, and your husband have searched and have done everything to try to bring relief to your sweet son. And I know that that has to be so frustrating um, when you see him suffering and you see him uh, struggling and wanting to communicate and then, and then going, I, I remember you sharing about when he was having the, the, the severe OCD and, and not even be able to get out of the car. And he was so wanting to go. And I think there was a story about you going to the beach one time. Can you share that story? We had went to visit um, my sister-in-law. We go every year to North Carolina to stay with them for a week. And he just wasn't feeling his greatest. Things weren't going so well. And we, we actually were scheduled to go to our regular vacation at the beach later in August of that year. And this was in July. So about, about middle week, we thought, hmm, his happy place is the beach. He loves the ocean. And so um, Kevin was like, yeah, we're just about three hours, three and a half, four hours at the beach, you know, from her house. Um, do you think maybe he'd want to do that? And we're like, we asked him, do you want to go to the beach? Of course, that was a quick yes. So I spent hours on the internet trying to find something at the last minute. This was literally a Thursday afternoon and we were going to go for Friday, Saturday, and then uh, come back home on Sunday. So just a quick trip. And um, we looked long and hard all day long and we finally found a place um, on uh, hotels.com. And, but we had the fear because he was not getting out of the car and going in places at this particular time. This was last summer after he'd been in from COVID all summer in the house. And so we excited, bounded out of bed that morning at 7 a.m., couldn't get him in the car fast enough. He just could not wait to get there. And when we got there, it was a big resort and he would not get out of the car. He was mm. terrified because he did not want to walk through the hotel lobby to go up to the room. And we're like, oh no, what do we do? So we immediately started looking as you adapt as most Pandas families do. Yeah other alternatives and so dad's like let me go see if there is a fire you know exit or right. that he could go up and see if that that avenue would work he literally sat there with his nose stuck to the window wanting to get out so bad eyeballing the swimming pool and he got the door open he got one foot on the ground and he did attempt to walk over to the swimming pool and I think we got to the door that he could go up and um, he just couldn't do it and um, most people say, oh, well, I don't understand that. You know, I would make my kid do that. Yeah. It's a hard thing to understand pandas. The, the anxiety is true and it's real. And it's because it comes from a medical condition. It's not like typical anxiety mm -hmm. um, has different um, originations. It affects you in just such different ways. So at yeah. that particular time, we knew what we had to do. And that was get in the car and drive home for six hours yeah. and pray that we get a refund, which we did. So. Wow. And, and I remember just as a, as your friend being so heartbroken for you because you were trying to do something for your son to help him. And then he just physically could not do it, get out. And, you know, it can be very disheartening, I know, from time to time. But I also know through all that, that you have seen God guide you on this journey. So I would love for you to share some ways that you have seen God show up and God guide you as you have been on this journey raising Parker? Yes. Um, one thing, my go-to verse is John 9, 133, where Jesus is walking 
with the disciples and they they pass a blind man and the disciples essentially say you know what what did they do these parents that their son was born blind and um jesus essentially told them that they didn't do anything this happened so that um, my great works could be seen through him so i think you're a great testimony to that because if it weren't for john alex you and i would not be sitting here having a conversation so um it's kind of led us in a direction that we had never expected to go. We've met people that we've never expected to meet and have been closer to God than we've ever been because you sometimes on this journey, you have to go to your knees and that's, that's the only way you can do it. I don't see how moms survive when they do not have that network of friends and that they don't have Christ in their life. It is a very, very difficult journey. Yeah. I could not agree more on both those points. I can't imagine uh, not having my group of friends, not having Christ helping us and just knowing um, this is just temporal that we will be in heaven someday. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute, but um, you know, Parker is now 15 getting ready to turn 16. And when you have a teenager in general, (laughs) take out the special needs, that is a challenging time. So what are some of the differences you've seen in him as you're hitting, you know, those, those teen, those late teen years, almost mid teen years. And, um, how is that impacting you raising now a teenager, a teenage boy with special needs? Sure. Um, well, because of the pans, we have such a simplified life. Um, you know, he likes music. He likes to go to his room and shut the door he likes to be by himself. Um, hormones hadn't really been a problem. He's pretty easygoing. But he, one thing is being a teenager, he is self-aware of what he can and cannot do. Mm. So he wants that little bit of independence. But because he has, because he's ill and there's, he can't do things like he normally would, probably if he didn't have the pandas, mm. um, we feel like, you know, I'm his walk and stick. I have to be right there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hardest part is giving him independence um, because of his, also because of his profound speech disability um, and our difficulties, he has to have somebody right there with him. So mm-hmm. a, an example of this, I, I guess maybe two summers ago, he was, we were at the gas station and um, he wanted to go in and get a, um, an ice cream with M&M topping. And I had followed him in one time before us. And usually I go in with him and I let him push the screen. And Kevin said, just kind of think behind him and see what he does. Cause he can't have a conversation with anybody. If they talk to him, he's not going to answer them or say anything. So I followed behind him and I watched him go up to the screen and you push him what size you want, what kind you want, what topping you want. And um, he actually accidentally hit M&M instead of Oreo. And he does not know that I was standing behind him and I see him panic for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. He's better with that little computer thing than I am, but he's messing with it, trying to figure out what to do. And I could just see almost like the fear in him, like, oh no, I'm in here by myself, not knowing I was behind him. Mm-hmm. And the little guy comes over, not knowing that he doesn't talk or that he won't talk to him. He's like, can I help you? And he's like, and he's just using his hands. He's trying his best to tell him that I hit the wrong button, dude. I need mm-hmm. Oreos, not M&Ms. And so, um, I immediately intervened and explained. I said, oh, you know, he just made a mistake. But that's where it's hard because you see him trying to Mm -hmm. and want to, and he realizes, oh, I I just can't do that. So 
in some ways we have the typical teenager that wants to be by himself that kind of wants to be independent but he really because of his disability he just cannot just do it yeah and i know that's so frustrating for you as a mom trying to find that balance of where to step in where to let him go. i know what you know it is for me too like where do you step in or where do you let them try to to do things on their own and that's right. a great example though that's a great story of how um, you've seen that play out in his life and you know, Parker, I know along the way has taught you many, many things, just like all our kids with special needs do. I've, we've always said, you know, Jeff and I would have always say John Alex has been, been our biggest teacher and has taught me more than I could ever learn from anybody else. And so what would you say Parker has taught you on this journey? If nothing else, that there is a plan and a purpose and that we are all wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the biggest thing that, you know, he was put here for a reason. Um, I may not understand why he has a disability. I may never know on this side of heaven, but it was for a plan and a purpose. And that purpose was to glorify God. Mm -hmm. And I am now in a community and surrounded by people that I would never be around that I may have opportunity to witness to mm -hmm. had this not have happened. Mm -hmm. I, I could see sometimes I picture, you know, what my life would be like. And, you know, you think of the good things like, you know, life would be easier, but on the same, on the flip side of that, I don't think I would be as close as to the Lord because I wouldn't have that purpose. I maybe, maybe in another way, he would take me down another road, but I think it is definitely defined where our place is and what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. He's just been a blessing and he guides us in that direction and opens the door for us to witness to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking with a group of moms today and just those same thoughts entered in my mind, just like how incredibly grateful I am to be John Alex's mom, because my path could have looked so completely different. I could have made totally different choices than what I made now, but because I was blessed and honored to get to be his mom, it put me on a different path that introduced me to people like you and put me in, in situations where, you know, we have to rely on God in this role that we're in as moms to sons with profound special needs who are going to going to require care their entire life. And I'm, I, I think like you look at it with gratitude of going, thank you, God, that you saw fit to let me be this this young man's mom. And it's a, it's a gift. And, you know, I would love to know what you have learned being a special needs mom that you probably would have never learned any other way. Um, patience. <laughs> yeah. Same perseverance, here. Perseverance. Um, I mean, just the everyday day-to-day -day life, the things that I guess to separate maybe from not being a special needs mom is how to advocate and like how mm -hmm. to dig you just when you have a typical child everything's important you care about them you love them you nurture them um but it's different in that sometimes when you're in that special need realm you have to dig and find answers on your own you have to make a way um like i said you live on the internet looking for answers um basically you have to learn to, to, to have a different life and like you mm -hmm. said a new normal that's what jeff always said was yeah. This yeah. is our new normal. new normal and it changes all the time. Your new normal changes with a new 
new changes with your son, then you have to create a whole new, new normal. So. Right. And, and an example of that is, and it's, it's, I won't say it's easy. It is not easy. Um, I noticed on, um, Monday, everybody started back to school here. So you get on Facebook and what are you seeing? All the back to school, Mm -hmm. first day back to school of all the pictures, you know, and I'm so happy and looking at all the cute kids and about midway through that, I was like, it's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I went up my stairs and then I came back down my stairs and I thought, no, I'm going to do this. I went up my stairs just to have it on hand, I guess, in case I ever needed to show it to somebody. It's 11 o'clock and I snap a picture of my child sound asleep in the bed. And I'm like, this is our first day back to school Yeah, because he did not go to school. Yeah. And that that's just our life. That's just our life. And I just, yeah. I was feeling a little bitter and that does happen to special needs. Mm-hmm. We live there, but then you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on and say, yeah, I told my husband, I go, I started to post that on Facebook. And I, I was said, going I, to ask if you did. I think I what a great post that would be. Yeah. I thought better of it because I, you know, I thought that really is truly our world and I mm-hmm. want people to see that. But at the same time, I thought I don't want to sound like I'm bitter or lessening the fact that um, other people yeah. are, are enjoying this day for their children. I, I, I re- hear that and respect that. I think, yeah, that's, that is beautiful. And you know, our lives just look different. And I think when we can come to that place, you know, you and I are are more veteran moms. We are a little further down the path, me more so than you. But when we can come to that place of just going, you know what, this is our life. It's not what we would have chosen. This is not what we expected our life to look like. But when we can get to that place of embracing this life, then we truly can find joy on the journey. I know that you've seen that in your life as well. Yes. And one thing I remember, I always hear, I remember Jeff always speaking about, um, you know, having a hard time for a long time. And then we see so much that he's done with the books he's written and the the impact that he's had. And um, I keep telling myself, I guess because it's a roller coaster, this disability, you try so hard, you know, you, you set timelines for when I'll embrace it if he's still sick by this age mm-hmm. or if he's not and then you start making different plans and then you wake up the next morning and you're like he's this age this is when we need to start the embracing and um and then you know sometimes god will throw you a little nugget and then he'll get better and something will happen and then you think okay and then he'll get sick again and so it's really truly a roller coaster so you just have to like you said look at the big picture embrace it is what it is and know that god's got this and that no matter what you or I want, God knows what's best. And it's going to be his plan ultimately in the end. Beautiful. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Now, you know, all parents have hopes and dreams for their kids. Our hopes and dreams probably look a lot different than what a lot of parents would say. But what would you say that you and Kevin, for you and your husband, Kevin, what are some of the hopes and dreams that you have for Parker? The mainly happiness that that he knows he's loved and that he's mm-hmm. happy and one thing and I can totally relate to you especially now um well I want you and maybe only one other friend I, that I know that has only one child and that child has special needs mm-hmm. that's so hard because I look at my other friends who have special needs children and they have siblings yeah but when you have no siblings you know it's harder because you think who's going to take care of him, you know, who's going to, because your family members are, you know, either my age or older. Um, and I often think about single moms 
mom, parent families with only one si one child, no siblings. Mm -hmm. And I guess in the here and now would be happiness that he's taken care of and that not suffering. Because I do think with this disability, you suffer somewhat. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I want for him is to not suffer. I I would hope that he wouldn't know that he's suffering, but I know sometimes he, he realizes that. Yeah. Um, so hopes and dreams for him would be that he's happy and cared for and that he doesn't suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know you and Kevin, you have done a beautiful job taking care of him and helping him. And, but I know it's hard and it's challenging. And so, uh, you know, how do you keep from getting discouraged on this journey? How do you keep from just going, you know, I know it's so hard because you're, you're, you are, you are one of those moms who's constantly searching for what's going to help bring him some relief. And then, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And, you know, what do you do to keep from be, getting in the pit and staying in the pit? We all have our pit moments, you know, but what do you do when that happens? And, and how do you keep from being discouraged? Well, community, that's, that's the number one thing. And the most important thing, having a strong family unit, um, Kevin and I are both on the same page pretty much with everything, you know, unless Great. I try to do something really crazy, he might say, come again, <laughs> but for the most part, <laughs> yeah. supportive. Uh, um, my mom is our greatest cheerleader. She has mm -hmm. been there since day one, um, right behind us, supporting everything that we do. So we have a good family unit, but really friends, um, I can't say enough about rising above because I went, like I said, I went to that first retreat in 2012 and did not look back, you know, got on board right away. And I don't, mm. I've only missed maybe one or two since then. Yeah. And that's such a great community because you need those who get it. You need to mm -hmm. surround yourself. That's how you do it. And that's how you get through it is, yeah. is surrounding yourself. And we have sweet, dear, you know, church friends, you know, I know a family that go to their knees quite often for us. Mm. Um, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, and they, and they do not have a dog in the fight, no special needs children. Yeah. They just truly love us from the bottom of their heart. And they're always there for us and always praying for us. And I think that's the only way you can do it is to have community around you, people that get it, people mm -hmm. that understand, and even those that don't understand those that are willing to, to pray yeah. for you. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I was just thinking about just even to this morning, we're, you and I are in a text group together where there's what, like five of us, I think. Um, and all have very similar, uh, you know, along the autism on the autism spectrum or, or along boys. We all have boys. I think that's right. Yes. All of us are raising sons that are about the same age with special needs. Some of you all are in Georgia, some are in Alabama. I'm here in Tennessee, but we just, it's interesting to see two of the moms in that group have had some of the similar things going on with their sons and just the back and forth. Hey, I tried this, this worked. Hey, try this doctor and just helping each other out. And then sometimes just sharing something funny. Um, I think here lately, we haven't shared much funny. I think we've had a lot of heavy, heavy. We're going to have to, you and I are going to have to find something funny to share with our group. Um, yeah. We need something to lighten up, lighten it up because it's been a lot of our friends are really struggling right now with what's going on with their children. And I know a lot of people are feeling that. And so just having those friends to go, Hey, I'm struggling. Can you please pray for me? Or, um, I think, you know, when, when God places on our heart, 
another mom to just shoot them a text and go, I see you and um, I've got your back. And so I think that is beautiful. And, you know, I know for you and you and I both feel the same way. You know, we know that I said it just a few minutes ago that our our time here is short. It seems like it's lasting forever, but the reality is there's a time coming when um, for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, we're going to be in heaven and we're going to be, our kids are going to be whole and well, and God's going to make everything new. If you, if you've ever heard me speak it by the brook, I close every time talking about this, because I think it's so important for us, especially as parents to just have that daily reminder of there's a day coming when God's going to make everything new and there'll be no more autism, no more epilepsy, no more pandas. And our kids are going to be whole and well, and, you know, we're not going to see them suffering anymore. And I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for that day. It's just, it's hard to envision, you know, it's just hard to imagine and just, and it's really hard to wait. It is. Better than others want it to come, but we yeah, want it to ex- come. Exactly. I think not everybody understands that, but so often those of us who have kids with special needs, it's just like we are longing for that day um, for when when we are in heaven with our kids whole and well. And I, I can't wait. I sat out with John Alex on the swing last night and we had a conversation. Of course, it was me doing all the talking. He was listening. And uh, but just talking about what we can't wait to get to heaven where he can see his dad again. And, you know, we talked about what all he would get to do. And I, I can't wait to see, see our boys um, in their whole being whole and well. And so um, I just, you know, I'm just going to feel like I need to throw this in here, but for those of you out here are listening who don't quite get what we're talking about, who are like, okay, that all sounds kind of strange. I don't understand. Donna and I would both tell you that the only way that we have made it on this journey, I mean, community is great. That's an important piece that gets us through, but it is only through what Jesus did for us. And it's only for what he did for us on the cross when he died to forgive us of our sins. If in all, it's so simple, Donna, isn't it? All we have to do is just put our faith and trust in him and ask him to forgive us of our sins and turn from our sins and, and commit our lives to him. And then you can have this crazy peace on this journey that you can't have. Otherwise you just can't. I have seen so many parents on this walk who are trying to do it on their own and they're miserable and they're, you know, we have our moments we do, but we don't stay there. Right. Um, because of what Jesus has done for us and because we have that hope. And so Donna, do you have anything to add to that? Because I just feel like there's so many parents right now who are struggling and, and confused, and I don't want anybody to be lost and confused. I feel like that's the only way. And I don't think you'll fully understand that peace and that burden because, um, without God in your life, you're wondering what's going to happen with God in your life or think, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, that is beautiful. Yes. As you and I are tearing up here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I I don't, I honestly don't see how people do it without that. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and even when you're in, the, in your worst moments, like you said, some of the gals in our group are really struggling now with really sick children, have been mm-hmm. through a lot. They have the Lord in their heart and they're going to overcome this. And, and many people are down. They're just, I, I can't possibly see past what's going on right now. Yeah. But when you do have God in your life, like they do, they see past that and know that they're going to come out of this and that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's the only thing that keeps us going. Exactly. And, and I'm just so, I think even, especially in this day and age, just so incredibly grateful for what Jesus did for us. Um, so that we have that hope, you know, I hear so many parents talk about, oh, well, I hope this doctor is going to be able to help us, or I hope that, you know, that this treatment's going to help, but that's hoping in things that will fail you time and time and time again. Yes. And we have this confident hope that even though things may be really hard here in life, that it's not always going to be this way. Right. Yeah, this is very true. And um, oftentimes we have to change our prayers from make this better or let this doctor be great to I pray this is your will, what your, your will be done, yeah. that um, you're going to put the right people in my path yeah. and you're going to direct me on this journey and you're going to guide me. And sometimes we learn the hard way. We are stubborn. Yeah. and sometimes We're, well, we're going to try this, even though we prayed about it. We weren't getting a clear signal that that's the way we needed to go. And you do learn the hard way, but you learn to change your prayers, to just use me uh, where I'm at and your will be done, Lord. And when you surrender, yeah. that's when great things happen. Absolutely. And I, I, a prayer that I found myself praying here a lot, a lot lately is God, you know, give me wisdom and discernment to know what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, how you want me to care for my son, how you want me to lead rising above and, and he will, and he will. So Donna, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed my conversation with you and I just appreciate your heart um, for your family and for other special needs parents. And I just want to say thank you. And I'm honored to call you friend. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share and I have enjoyed this little time together. I am so grateful for my friend Donna and her, the conversation that we got to have and just her sharing her heart and her story. And, you know, part of what she and I talked about was how there's really truly no way that we could successfully make it on this journey as special needs moms without having Christ in our life. Uh, You know, I've been doing this for almost 24 years. She has been at it for almost 16 years. And as you well know, this is one of the hardest things Uh, that all of us have ever faced. Those of you who are special needs parents, you know, we've all had hard things that have come our way, but raising children with special needs is challenging at best. But we have a God who loves us. We have a God who loves us so much that he sent his son here to earth and his son gave his life for us so that if we will put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, that we will have the hope that Donna and I talked about, the hope of knowing that one day God is going to make everything new and all the sickness, all the pain, 
will be wiped away. All the tears will be wiped away and God will make everything new. And I know that for some of you listening, this may just seem foreign to you or this may seem like it's too good to be true. But I want you to know, out of all the things I faced in my life, raising my son with special needs, losing my husband, being a widow, being a solo parent, guys, there's no way that I could do it without God right there by my side. And knowing that every time that I feel like I'm alone, that that no, God is right there with me, leading me, guiding me, helping me. And knowing that because of what Jesus did for me, that one day I will spend eternity in heaven where there's no more sickness or pain. And my son will be there and we'll get to see his dad again. And we'll get to be with God and with Jesus forever. And I can't wait. And so for those of you who maybe have never taken that step to put your faith and trust in into God, into Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so I'm going to pr- pray a prayer. And I would just ask that you pray along with me. Uh, wherever you are, just pray this prayer with me. And Um, Make that step to trust in God, to help you on this journey, to help you raise your child. Trust in Jesus to save you. I know it sounds really simple. And you know what the reality is? It really is. Because God didn't want to make it difficult for us. He wanted to make it simple. And when we do that, It doesn't mean that all our pain and suffering is gone. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have any more trials or troubles, but it means that God is right there with us. His Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and help us on this journey. So if you have never stepped out, if you have never taken this step of faith, I just want to encourage you to do that. You know, this world is hard. We are living in times that I think we all could look at and go, we could never dream that our world would look like it does. But there is hope. And so I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer out loud with me wherever you are. If you're in your car, if you're doing the dishes, just stop whatever you're doing. And if you have not ever made that decision, don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer. Do it today. So God, I know that I'm a sinner. And up to this point, I have lived my life in my own strength. I realize that I can never be good enough to go to heaven on my own. But I thank you, Jesus, that you are good enough. And I thank you that you were willing to give up your life for mine. And Jesus, I accept you into my life. I confess and I turn from my sins to you to receive the gift of salvation. I want to be born again. I choose to go from death to life. I choose to turn from darkness to light and to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And for those of you who prayed that prayer, do you know that the Bible tells us that all of heaven rejoices when even one person repents and 
chooses to follow after Jesus. And so we want to rejoice with you. So if you said that prayer for the first time, or if you chose to to turn your life around, maybe you had made a decision in the past to follow Jesus, but maybe over the past several years, you have not been walking with him. Then if you've made a decision, we want to be with you to help you through this. So I would just encourage you, please reach out to our office. You can call us at 931-526-7473. You can reach out to us through Facebook or you can also reach out to us through our website, risingaboveministries.org, or you can email me at bdavidson at risingaboveministries.org. And we would love nothing more than to talk with you more about it, to show you the next steps that that you can take, and just to know um, that you are not alone on this journey. Friends, God sees you. He loves you. He's cheering you on. And he has good plans for you and your family. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.